Hey everyone, so we've got bonus content for you a little early this week because uh, Anya and Ian are both in plays that are only running through the end of August, so we wanted to make sure that anyone who wanted to check those out, and you should, uh, will have a chance to get tickets. And so as a result, uh, early bonus content. Uh, Happy holidays to you guys, I guess. So we sat down with Matthew of the Audio Drama Production Podcast, which, by the way, is hands down the best free resource I'm aware of for anyone who's thinking of making an audio drama of their own. And uh, Matthew was generous enough with his time to uh, hop on the old VoIP with us and facilitate a kind of roundtable discussion with a large portion of the cast. It was a really fun conversation to have, and we think you'll find it really interesting to listen to. And so, without further ado, here is our conversation with Matthew, presented, meh, only slightly edited and mostly uninterrupted. I'll pop in uh, here and there with a few quick announcements uh, throughout, and then I will see you at the end for a couple of footnotes. Enjoy! Well, hello there. My name is Matthew. I am a presenter and producer of the Audio Drama Production Podcast, but I'm here today as a The Once and Future Nerd fan. Uh, I've been listening to the show um, for about two months now. I think I discovered it. I say discovered, you know, I'd spoke to Christian before. Uh, Binge listened to all the episodes. Really love it. Uh, I think it's a fantastic story. Great actors, great characters. And I'm really excited to get the opportunity today to actually get on a call with a large percentage of everyone involved. Uh, Slightly intimidated because there's lots of people on the line. So why don't we just start by uh, getting everyone to introduce themselves? What it is they do if you play a character? Who is it you play? Um, I'm not sure who to go to first, though. Um... We've got it figured out. We've got this all coordinated. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. Hi, uh, my name is Anya Gibeon. Um, I play Regan and Arlene mainly, um, as well as some other various characters um, along the way. I'm Zach Glass. I'm a co-writer, co-creator of the show. Uh, I'm Ian Harkins. I'm the narrator as well as uh, various other characters. I'm Dan Dobransky, and I mainly play Ardell, Gunther, and Trapp. Uh, I'm Paul Notice, and uh, my main roles are uh, Nelson and Antonin Mooncrest. I'm Lily Drexler. I play Gwen and Ree, the elf general. And uh, I'm Christian Madeira. I uh, co-write it with Zach, and I direct Wow, that was very organized. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> really did not expect it to go that smoothly. So my work here's done now. <laughs> nothing nothing that this that we've ever done as a as a crew has gone that that smoothly. <laughs> we should just stop now. We should end the episode. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. So um yeah, so like I say, I'm I'm uh, I am up to the uh, what was it now? The Darkness on the Edge of Town episode 5 was the last episode that I've listened to. Uh, mm. The one regret I have is that that was, that was a lot of weeks ago now. That was like three, four weeks ago now. And I really should have been sensible and re-listened to 
the last few episodes, you know, in the last couple of days, because that would have given me a, a good refresher. But uh, I'm just curious to find out, like, since, you know, since you sat down and had a chat, or mm-hmm. I see one of you is attracting police attention Apparently. as well. Yeah, no, that's uh, me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who's that? Is that you? That's me. That's what happened. <laughs> it's in New York. Would be Christian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's New York. There's no crime in New York, surely. <laughs> but I'm interested, you know, because I do listen to your extra episodes where you, you sit down and have a, a chat. Uh, and since you last got together, you know, how have things been? Has there been any sort of big challenges, uh, uh, things like that that you've faced recently? You know, what's what sort of changed, if you could just bring me up to speed on things? Since the last time uh, we chatted, I think the big thing that's happened is that we, we finished recording book one. Um, I actually, I felt like there was like a pause that was literally, that was for the audience, like applause to happen. Like we finished our book one and like, you know, everyone was like, yeah, like, I don't know. No, that's just my poor <laughs> communication skills. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you just need, you need a laugh track and an audience track and you'll be fine. I mean, we should like totally put that in there. But Yeah. <laughs> We're we are we're we're we were nominated for a couple a uh, couple of awards. Um, Audio which is exciting. Um, yeah, since I think since the last time we we chatted, there's the the Geeky Awards were nominated for uh, best podcast along with uh, Hadron Gospel Hour, which is another. Uh, they're also active in the audio drama production uh, community, and uh, we're waiting to hear whether we're finalists um, uh, for the Parsec Awards. Um, and that would be really cool because there's like a ceremony in in Atlanta and everything, and you'd get a statue. Um, none of us can uh, go to that um, because uh, I am marrying one of the other producers that weekend, and Zach oh, is shit. the best man, and the rest of the cast is going to the wedding. So God. I don't know what's going to happen there. But... God damn it! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Quick, add someone to the like... cast you don't like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There is there is such a delay between um, the initial writing of the episode and then the adapting and then the recording and then the editing and the mastering and everything. So you've, all along the process, there's been such a delay from what the cast knows, from what Christian and Zach already know, from what the you know what's actually in the can, and then what the audience is able to know. My mom listens to it, and she'll be talking about things that happened like three or four episodes ago. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I remember that, but just you wait. It's like <laughs> a ch- spoiler, you know, I can't actually talk about what I know because I don't want to ruin anything or give anything away. Who plays a uh, yellowing? Uh, that's Greg. Greg couldn't, uh, couldn't join us today. He's not here. I'm going to, uh, going to put a uh, black mark next to his name on the register. for not turning <laughs> up. Uh, I was going to say, I'd, I wasn't aware that uh, the, the character, the actor changed there. Uh, I heard that a few few episodes ago. But I wasn't aware that the actor had changed, so well done to him. But he's not here, so not well done at all. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's take that off him. Uh, don't, don't tell take him. <laughs> so are you guys getting together to record mostly? I mean, are, are you sometimes having to do your lines isolated, or are you always able to, to get together? Yeah, I actually had to record a couple episodes from California and the rest of the cast was in New York. So I'm not going to tell you which episodes they were, (laughs) but, um, 
yeah, so that does happen occasionally. Yeah. Um, for, for my end, I'll also say um, everybody will sort of be dismissed at the end of a long day as worth of recording, mm-hmm. except for maybe Christian and, and me, and we'll spend some very romantic time in, in an evening of recording just together, uh, getting all of the narrator's lines down. And I have to try to remember what everybody was doing at the time. I try to sort of stay in the room and sort of remember like, okay, I get a sense of the story just from listening to everybody. So then I can come in for like two hours, like bang out all my lines for an episode or something. So I don't always get the luxury of, um, of, uh, playing off everybody else for that but i i i think that works out all right you do get the luxury of just hanging out in a small sweaty booth with me for like three hours which is a a grace in and of itself don't get me wrong is that how all these weddings are coming about then (laughs) exactly exactly everyone's getting into these booths together gets a bit erotic Plays, uh, plays Just the Two of Us by Marvin Gaye. It's great. It's good stuff. <laughs> just the two of us. That's good. Mm. So, so Ian, uh, are you, have you left these windswept shores then? Are you over in the States now? Yes, that's correct. I have. Um, I, um, I've been here now uh, completely since 2012. Um, so I, uh, I now live and work as an actor in New York. Living the dream. I'd love to escape myself, but I'm not sure how. <laughs> um, what? Tell me about some of the. I mean, it must it must be great fun all getting together to record. Then, what sort of has there been any really funny moments recently? Any? Um, can we swear on this? By the way, I don't usually swear on my own podcast. We can swear. We're. I mean, oh, you've, you've heard yes. the show. We... I'm just. I'm <laughs> going to take the moral high ground and not swear anyway. Right. Here, we've but, already uh, talked about erotica in a recording studio. Exactly. So yeah, it, it can only go uphill from here. Yeah. <laughs> I was. Uh, I, I was crying with laughter listening to the episode that you did. You know, when you were chatting, and it was about the fan, uh, the erotic fan fiction. Still um, waiting. It, Still it, waiting. It got really. It got really silly, and I was at work listening through earbuds, and I was laughing. I, I must have looked insane. <laughs> Um, so what what mad things have happened then when you're recording? There must be somebody's severely mocked up well, and it's caused a bit of hilarity. Speaking of recording erotica in the recording booth, um, I've had to record a couple of sex scene oh, yeah. noises. Um, usually in front of everybody, and it's just a lot of... It's some interesting coaching of sighs and gasps and... <laughs> There's, there's plenty of um, outtakes, which I would very much appreciate if they'd be released after my, my passing. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to deal with the social repercussions, I suppose. There are some great outtakes. So what about props? Are you used any props when you're doing those scenes? <laughs> no Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Perfect. There, I mean, there's that. There's the one. There's the one microphone they have at the studio that kind of looks like a boob, but that's that's about it. <laughs> uh, I think are you are you talking about foley sound effects? So that kind of prop. I don't like a, know. I'm completely okay. at my depth on this subject. <laughs> I've never discussed a erotic scenes before maybe we should do that in the podcast when you when you write a, a sex scene do you just sit and listen to a barry white record no eating eat, eat oysters <laughs> no i i all, all kidding aside i really do try to make it so that it's like you know this is 
what the characters would do and it, not try to make it too, you know, gratuitous or, or fan servicey. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't know, I think, I think I've done a decent job of that. If for no other reason, like, I think one of the things that keeps me honest in those, in that regard is that I know I'm going to have to like stand in a room with a bunch of my friends and try to explain this and not <laughs> sound like some kind of pervert. So that's yeah. the, you know, so I make sure that it's all, you know, character consistent and that it, um, serves the story and, and that sort of thing. I what hope. about some of the, you know, we've had a fair bit of violence and fighting and things like that recently. When you're doing these scenes, it must be really challenging as well. Well, with the screaming yes. and everything? Yeah, uh, th- there are some scenes that, to some degree, like on occasion, will like position, reposition mics in a certain way, and we will have people talking to one another, so facing down or, or in some sort of intimate scene. Um, th- that that does happen for, for battles every now and again, right, Christian? Yeah, um, there's a couple, like, I think for kind of big, you know, it's interesting because we have like these big kind of um, fantasy battles where, you know, the, the, the action is a little, um, it's a little bit, uh, I don't want to say cartoonish, but it's, you know, it's a little bit, uh, it feels choreographed, you know? And, um, mm. for those, we usually just, um, record the dialogue as usual. I tell people to, um, speak as though they're exerting themselves and then we'll, we'll loop a couple of like, you know, uh, grunts and stuff, uh, at, at the end. But then for, um, you know, there's that there's that really rough scene um, between uh, Arlene and her uh, her cousin, um, and for that one, we actually had them. You know, we had Anya and Ian close together and like you know actually tussling a little um, because the timing I think needed to be uh, just right to to sell such a a difficult scene. Yeah, that was that was kind of the most um, the most kind of physically realistic scene that I've recorded um, instead of just using kind of, you know, imagination to, and kind of to feel in the body and then express through the voice kind of how the character is moving. Uh, the, that scene was the most, the kind of, yeah, like we actually blocked it out and Ian and I kind of did some like acting exercises physically where we like, how, where would they be in the room? Like, would they be rushing or, or moving away or towards? And how does that affect the vocal part mm. of it? And we were in a sort of large enough studio for that, that we could actually sort of move around a lot, actually, if we wanted. Yeah. So I think we, we did the scene and then later introduced the mics to it. Yeah. Brilliant. A lot of us come from theater backgrounds. So, I think we, I, I know I certainly use my body to try to uh, get what I need out of the vocals. So I think that's pretty consistent no matter what we're doing. I, I feel like everyone's very physical, even though the audience is only hearing us. Yeah. Well, the audience hears the physicality, right? I mean, I think that's what we're all touching on is that the audience will hear that, you know, if you actually kind of run in place a little bit, they'll hear that, that heavy labored uh, breath as opposed to just, you know, oh, we're running. Like that's doesn't work, you know? Yeah. 
And something something that's really fun for me to watch um, that uh, it's, it's clearly intentional on on your guys' part, but I always, um, since a lot of you play different characters, I'll notice how significantly your your body language changes from <laughs> character to character. It's a it's actually a really um, cool and, and fascinating thing to watch. Yeah, as as Regan, I always have to stand, so I have to call in the the la- the uh, audio technician. I'm like Sam, change my mic. I have to change characters. <laughs> I I'm I will as the head priest just try to hunch <laughs> over like completely. Is that what you were talking about, Kristen? Yes, that's, that's yeah. part of it. So it sounds like a, a really sort of physical. Uh, experience when you're recording, and that certainly comes across in the production because you know a lot of uh, a lot of shows that do exclusively remote recording, and a lot of actors are, are recording all sorts of lines whilst they're just sitting at a computer. And I think sometimes that can mm. be very evident. But it sounds like you guys are getting really, really physical, uh, moving around a lot, and that's that's good because you know. Th- the big argument sometimes is that you have to go out and record in the field to achieve that, and it, it's it's not the case, is it? I mean, like mm-hmm. I say, it sounds like you guys are, are really, you know, getting into it and moving around in there. I mean, I still credit Christian for giving us the opportunity of actually getting us a room and getting us all together as much as he can, rather than just saying, like, here are your lines, say them in this order at, in on your couch at home. Right. It's, it's, that's, that's not at all the, the ship that Christian's running. It's, it really gives us that opportunity. I think I'm just a control freak. I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> but I was trying to praise you nonetheless. He was. He was doing a great spin. It was a great job. It also helps the, the fact that everyone in New York is kind of really lucky for us, too, that that facilitated that, that we can just say, okay, can everyone be free on Sunday and we'll all show up. Right, and the yeah. answer is always no, but we can get close <laughs> enough that we can uh, we can get a few people in a room together, and and I can always be there to to you know kind of big picture know what the know what the scene needs. Right. It is a very different experience to be recording across the room from someone. Um, you know, I mean, you can also do it. It doesn't. It's not necessary. You can still give a great performance of someone's like like Lily across mm-hmm. the the country from in California. Um, but to have that experience actually talking to the person that you're talking to is is really helpful. Let's say uh, let's round up on Christian. Do you ever do any one of you get a a script? You look at where, what direction your character's going or something they're going to do, and do you think, oh come on, does uh, <laughs> that happen to anyone? Well, hey Zach gets some of the blame too. <laughs> awesome there you go i Best love friend. whenever a new script comes out it's so much fun to read i i am consistently impressed with the writing so i only have good things to say about where the story and the characters have gone well i think there's a great feedback too because christian and zach are so collaborative um i mentioned to christian i was like hey i think i want to sing so maybe write me a song and then he did. He did. <laughs> hey, it's Christian talking to you from the future. future. Just want to give you a quick heads up that in this next section, we talk in very, very broad strokes about the ending of book one. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to give a spoiler alert, uh, but we do kind of talk 
just thematically where the the story is going. And so if you're someone who's very, very concerned about spoilers, do yourself a favor and you can uh, skip ahead a little bit, probably about uh, two minutes or so, and come back in at the 23-minute mark. I mean, are we like, is this a spoiler alert zone right here? Because I feel like we're already done with the first book. Is that... uh... All right, we can say it this way. Do you think the twist works and was earned? And then we won't specify what the twist was. Oh, God, yes. I think that it's very much, in, in my opinion, and this is kind of like really, um, I remember like when we first started recording, you, you explained to me uh, where it was going. And that's what really sold me was that it was so nuanced in a way where it does reflect reality in a very uh, needed way. I think it's necessary that we talk about these sort of things. And so to craft a story where, that is the payoff that you kind of have this, you know, it, it makes you think about how you perceive and how you see people. I don't want to give too much. I think I'm giving too much away, but I think it's, it's brilliant. It was, I think like, that's kind of like, like Lily said, like every time the script comes in, there's all these small little details that allow us to understand not just ourselves and how we see society, but to understand other communities that oftentimes are the target of different types of discrimination or, you know, different types of, of being marginalized, I guess, you know, I think that's, I think it's a brilliant script in that way. I think it does, that's how it kind of goes way further than Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones is that it's actually more realistic. It's more grounded in that reality of what would happen if this was the case, you know? Well, thank you. Uh, maybe I should leave so you guys can tell me. Well, there's a fantasy novelist who I really like who talks about how twists should be absolutely surprising and shocking but also obvious when you look back at it and that's what really sells it that if it's really out of the blue then you just don't believe it but it's sort of it should have been set up so when you hear it you're like where the hell did that come from oh wait i see where that came from Mm. which is why i mean christian and zach have told us from the beginning kind of what it was and where it's going so you know we can kind of even in our performances and in in the way that the characters take you know certain lines there are there are definitely clues yeah i mean i think we have tried to be um intentional about it and have you know it's it's a very big the the plot is a you know it's a pretty big complicated machine and we didn't want to um we don't want to kind of fall prey to to lost syndrome where it just goes off in a million directions (laughs) and no one knows where it's where it's coming back. Um, Did anyone actually watch that? I couldn't get through the first episode. I'm not going to lie to you, man. That was... <laughs> I liked oh, the beginning I loved Lost. Lost gave me nightmares and then I stopped. I think the, oh, the final episode of Lost was the Fonz jumping over a shark with a leather jacket <laughs> and a jet And that was, uh, that was actually the, the big uh, reveal. I'm interested to know, like, Christian and Zach, you're, you're writing the thing together. How, how does that work, being co-writers? Is somebody sort of taking the lead and somebody's following up, filling in the blanks, or is it, is it working a bit it different out. than that? Well, yeah, how as, does it work, guys? <laughs> they fight. I think they actually fight every time, that, whoever does wins. Does it work at all? <laughs> we we <laughs> finished it, so it must work somehow. <laughs> I guess generally we'll sort of have a big picture discussion of like what's what's sort of the start and the end and what's going to happen in a given episode or chapter and then christian will sit down and bang out a whole script by himself and then i'll tear it to pieces for a couple weeks and tell him all the things that i think are terrible and then he'll argue with me how they're not actually terrible and then from there we get to a happy place (laughs) i think that's about it yeah i mean i I think 
I'm very, you know, like like Zach said, we had the we have the the big picture conversation, um, and Zach is very good. Like he's got an amazing mind for um, lore and and world and like the the metaphysics of a fictional universe. And I'm very, you know, my training as a writer is very um, is very character. Uh, focused and so i'll go in and i'll write you know what i think is the best you know like little small scale um uh, character moments um for this show and i'll send it to zach and i'll say okay that's great but here's where when you do this it makes everything we've said in the past fall apart so you can't do that (laughs) and that's i think that works out really well because um you know some of the praise we've gotten from you know critics or reviewers or whatever is that um you know the show feels um, intimate and introspective and doesn't hit you over the head with world building, but also that mm. the world feels um, real and fleshed out and consistent. And I think we definitely, because our strengths are kind of on the polar opposites, we're constantly sort of checking and balancing each other. And I think that's why the end result is so balanced it's mm. because Christian will get all dialogue and I'll tell him where to tone it back and I'll get all, Lori and he'll tell me where to tone it back and works I'll out. I'll be a left wing lunatic and <laughs> dial it back a little. Can you guys talk about how you write them as teleplays and then adapt them for audio? So there's actually like two separate kind of visions going at the same time. Yeah, mm. I mean, I guess. I mean, my brain just works in writing for the screen. It's just, it's my training. It's, you know, I work on TV and movies as, as my day job. Um, it's, it's like, that's the shorthand that my, my brain uses to, to see the world. So we'll write it that way first. And then, um, I've kind of had to, I think if I'm being honest, the number one thing that we, we struggled with, um, in the beginning was uh, getting the adaptation because I didn't know how to make the the pacing um, quite right for for audio or or anything like that. So it was, um, you know, always a struggle to 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 put it into this other world. And I think as we've we've gone on, we've gotten a better sense of you know what works and what doesn't work um, in in audio. And I think we've had some some really cool um, auditory. Is that the right word to use? Uh, <laughs> moments like I really like. Uh, I'm really proud of the beginning of uh, chapter seven when there's the little there's a little prologue that is audio, like no dialogue, just sound effects, and um, we weren't completely sure it was going to work, and then we heard the mix, and I think it came out uh, really well. Yeah. Yeah, those things always terrify me, though. Every time <laughs> we try to write one of those, I panic that it's not going to work, <laughs> and then it does. To, to to Sandra's credit, Sandra is our mixer um, who works out of Mexico City. Uh, she's fantastic, um, and she does a great job of like you know I'll do my best trying to explain what's in my brain, um, and she'll usually come back with something just fantastic, often on the first try. For the actors, like what you know, especially when you were starting out in the first few episodes, that you heard yourself. Were there any sort of big lessons that you sort of became aware of when you heard yourself the first few times and thought, maybe I, I could have done this different or that? And has that sort of shaped how you work now? Oh, God, yes. I mean, I, I'm terribly, like, I mumble a lot. And uh, those constants are never really hit just in everyday conversation. So 
you know, just as an actor already, like that's just how I usually am. So hearing my only my bird, my, only my voice, and just like little, 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 like in the first few episodes was terrible. That was like torture. But you know, you, you learn and you live, live and you learn. I, I believe I have, you know, I'm dyslexic, evidently. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I would. Um, I, if there's one thing, especially I, I've done a lot of sort of voiceover stuff, but for commercials and things, and Coming at this, you just have to be ultra clear for yourself what is going on, where the different shifts are. You you are responsible for clarifying this story, and that comes with a that comes with the need for a deep understanding, which mm. you know just you know is not always easy in a fantasy world. So I think that just sitting down, the most helpful thing is just sitting down with Christian and just say, okay, explain in very small words to me what's going on sometimes. For me, I think it was pacing. I think um, it that just takes a little time to learn how how to pace the lines and the dialogue and the moment so that it reads um, in this medium. I think because you don't have your body to tell the story as well, it's just uh, that it's a little more nuanced how, how you pace out your lines. Yeah, I think for me, I was uh, a little scared in the beginning of, of taking space and time in the lines. Um, I felt that I had to just get it out and get the information out and do it fast and, you know, get the the words out. Um, and especially with Arlene, I think there is over the, the course of the of the show and over the story, there are there's more time in between the lines to to live in it a little bit. Um, not that that makes creates dead space, but that creates a little bit of life and linking and breath. Um, for the audience to follow along with her journey. Yeah, with me, it's kind of, uh, I, I go along the lines of the pacing is definitely a big part that I always have to work on. And uh, it's, it's funny because it's something that it happened at the beginning, but it still keeps on happening, you know, where you're always going to make changes to things. But uh, speaking of the changing of things is uh, having a different uh, like characters that you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And then if you haven't done them for a while, you start forgetting how you did that character. And I think, I think Dan has a particularly rough, I've given him a particularly rough um, job of it. Cause he, he came into the cast um, a little, a little later and he kind of has taken on the role of um, miscellaneous, large male characters like large male roles and so he's got he's just got like accent soup that he has to keep straight in his head and i don't know how he does it he pulls it off but it's pretty amazing thanks <laughs> i like i like soup i like soup a lot what about the rest of you guys that are, are actors like do you have any um do you have any sort of routines that you need to do before you get behind the mic, are you able to just step up and switch straight into it, or are, are there certain things you feel that you have to do to maximize your performance? I think again, like we were talking about the physicality being so important because 
I think all of us play multiple characters. I think the uh, warm up that I need to do is just finding the body of whoever I'm playing for that session and think just <laughs> remembering how to do the dialect you're trying to do at the moment um, are the most important things for me. I would say like, uh, you know what? It's the vocal exercises. I mean, it's kind of like, I feel like every, everyone does this anyway, but um, that to me is it, it's key. I feel like just kind of adjusting to, you know, having one slowing down the speech know hitting consonants and then also stretching out your mouth i mean it's it's so if you think about it think about how you naturally your mouth naturally goes everything is like too like it's just mash it's mash mouth and your mouth is usually like very small no one sits there isn't like you know mixes very you know my name they don't do that but you have to do that if you're being recorded so people can understand you um i think that's kind of like it and kind of just like taking a moment to kind of relax and get in the mood you know yeah usually the night before i'll I'll just re-listen to the audition <laughs> clip uh, that I made. <laughs> just, yeah, just because I'm like, okay, well, this is a, this is what got me the part, so I got to listen yeah. to this. And then, you know, listening a little bit to a previous episode. And then, again, the same thing with the physicality. Uh, for me, anyways, it's always really important. I do a lot of improv and sketch-type work. And when I do characters, it's always about the physicality. Because that actually, you know, it moves your throat around your body and the way you breathe. And I also like to make noises. That's like those two things are my biggest pieces that help get me prepared. But usually when I show up, I'll just be like, just start reading the lines while we're waiting to set up. Um, There's only, you know, there's only two like recurring characters that that I ever play. Um, And... uh, uh, one of them is uh, Bryce Riverfell, who we've we've kind of known from the start. Was just we we're just gonna stick Bruce Springsteen in our in our story, um, and so to to get into to his speaking, there's a Springsteen gave a, a keynote at South by Southwest a couple years ago, um, and he, he starts that. I have that recording on my on my iTunes, and he starts it by going, uh, "Good morning, good morning, good morning. Why are we up so fucking early?" Um, and so that's, I always say that to myself before, uh, I, I do Bryce. Uh, the other character I play, uh, is Renaud Desprey and disturbingly, I don't seem to need really much of anything to, to get into that. I just kind of go, which tells me things I don't, I don't like about myself. <laughs> Perfect. So what about like, what about, uh, you know, the next few months, what sort of things can we expect? Are we getting back to episode releases? You know, what's uh, what's on the your horizons for the show? I guess Zach and I should probably answer this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's definitely, um, we're definitely going to have some uh, some bonus content that putting out um, some like uh, prose prose stories um, and things like that. Um, Zach, can we can we should we can we talk about the the store? Yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, um, our, our artist friend, John Flanagan, who is an incredible artist, has been working on updating and expanding our, um, our logos and our artwork, and we are working on putting together a merchandise store. Yes. So people can buy shirts and... 
pewter mugs and all kinds of uh, cool <laughs> things like that. Um, so that'll that'll be fun. Um, we are in uh, we're in very very tentative uh, talks to do a um, a proper full on uh, recording of the the song that uh, that Arlene sings um, and to to maybe um, sell that as just like as a, as a standalone um, uh, product. Um, personally, I am working on um, I'm I'm kind of writing uh, chapter one um, from from scratch as a as a television pilot um, because I just mm-hmm. I have I've always believed maybe delusionally that there's something very um, zeitgeisty about uh, this show and if someone uh, beats me to writing a similar show I'm going to never forgive myself so I just need to get that that pilot down on paper so I have it um, and then as soon as I'm I'm done with that, then I think uh, we're probably going to start talking about um, uh, writing writing book two. And of course, in the meantime, the the conclusion to the show is still we're on our regular release schedule. So like we said, we finished recording all of the final chapter or the final chapter of book one. And that's all set to come out. And as we kind of hinted before, there's a pretty big twist. So that's exciting. I was, gonna, I was actually going to ask Chris, like, in terms of like, how do you see it now as a, uh, a television show? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you want to answer that because maybe someone's listening. They're like writing down notes like, <laughs> yes, this is <laughs> perfect. But I am. Um, you know, uh-huh. I am. Um, I'm <laughs> <laughs> you are. Yes, yes, he, he is. This is actually the whole we're all in on this actually <laughs> it's the long con but uh, i mean do you imagine it as like i remember i keep telling you this and i don't know if you actually hate me for keep like bringing this up but i always imagine it as like adventure time slash uh, i don't know if you guys have seen over the garden wall but a very like like that type of cartoon where it's a little bit off but it's so freaking brilliant that you're just like well no, i got it. it's good for everyone um or is it like the live action you know, Game of Thrones, but of course, like I always, I always pitch as a progressive Game of Thrones. So is it like that or, um, yeah, like how do you see this? Um, I mean, I, I love Adventure Time. Um, I watch it all the time. Um, but. Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Rejection. Here it comes. No, no, no. I mean, I think (laughs) I've, we, we thought about, like, we've talked about, well, could this work, um, as animation? And I just, Mm -hmm. I don't, I was trying to watch a bunch of kind of animated um, fantasy things, and I, um, I couldn't, um, I couldn't find a style that I thought was like kind of dark enough that, that would mm. fit the um, would fit the uh, like the the tone. Uh, aside from just like like full-on anime and then when i looked at like yeah. the budgets of anime shows they're <laughs> yeah. the same as movies so at that point just might as well make it um live action so that 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 is how i imagine it through that that's what's up i mean like what type of life are you thinking um yeah i, I don't know do you like describe what that would look like are you thinking like mostly uh desaturated are you thinking like eye colors are you thinking wes anderson type like what would be that direct and I, I know I'm asking I'm like becoming the interviewer now I'm gonna stop after this but <laughs> no, I'm like really yeah curious about it um I mean I love like I love the visual style of um uh, of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings um I love how all the colors are like a little bit realer than than real 
Um, and I mm. love the, the, the use of anamorphic, uh, photography on that. I'm kind of, um, I'm starting to see a little bit of, uh, anamorphic photography on, on television just a little bit. So, um, Game of Thrones doesn't, but I saw, I've seen it a little in True Detective and I'd love, like, that's what I imagine yeah. for this show. Oh, that's amazing. For people like me, what does that mean? Uh, okay, oh. do we, how, how deep down this geek hole do we want to go? Um, go deep. Give me like a 20 seconds. All right, um, all right let's see. Um, so basically, uh, you shoot it instead of on a, on a spherical lens, you shoot it on a, um, like a ovular stretched lens and then re unstretch it when you, when you project it or, you know, send it to TV or whatever. But the end result, um, is some, some really pretty, uh, optical artifacting that, that gives it a kind of a magical, um, feel. Uh, so interesting out of focus light sources in the background will appear as ovals instead of uh, spheres um, lens flares will produce a uh, like a blue vertical line all the way around um, the uh, the the screen and um, when you adjust focus um, because the foreground and background are uh, changing shape at slightly different rates you'll get this feeling where it's almost like the almost like the the world is is breathing wow that's cool yeah it's really cool it's intense jesus just uh being conscious of the time here let's just see what you guys are up to what are you working on outside of the show and what should we be looking out for in the, the near future um i'm i'm currently working on a a new show it's a kid-friendly puppet opera for Fringe NYC, the International Fringe Show, uh, or sorry, Fringe Festival in August. Um, and you can find more information at Fringe NYC. Um, and I sing and I play the cello and I play an 11-year-old girl who has to rescue the sun. I wasn't sure whether to say that I was in love with the character of Regan in case it got awkward. Um, <laughs> so. she, would, she would love you back. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if she loves anyone back. She would do something to you back. <laughs> don't do, don't definitely sorry, do something to you if you were interested in it. <laughs> just writing a I sex just... scene here. Can I just give a shout out to my mom for listening to all of Regan's threesome scene and still looking me in the eye? <laughs> Thank you, Anya's mom. We We do love you. <laughs> And uh, I, I'm also going to be in the New York Fringe Festival uh, in a much less kid-friendly show, uh, <laughs> Fuente, uh, Fuente Ovejuna, in which I play a uh, judge who comes in and tortures an entire village worth of people after I'm trying to when I'm trying to discover who it was who murdered the um, rapist um, official of the town. Good lord. Oh my goodness. Mm. <laughs> Light-hearted. <laughs> Nobody can see me, but I, I have grown what is an ex- what I can only describe as an extraordinarily manly goatee oh, uh, <laughs> to do this. Um, and then in uh, November, I will be directing uh, an opera uh, with Bear Opera Company. Wow. wow. Awesome. Uh, well, with me, it's nothing specific. I do a lot of work uh, at a place called Magnet Theatre. Uh, magnettheater.com. Uh, it, it's uh, 
a great theater that does a lot of uh, long form improv, the musical improv, and there's just doing shows constantly all the time. Uh, and outside of that, uh, oh wait, I guess I have a couple other things I could talk about. Yeah, ah. um, uh, I have a video group that I work with. Go videos on through three seasons so far, and we just did our first like topical video where we met on Monday and we're going to have the final product done tomorrow. So that was fun. We shot that yesterday uh, and we're planning on doing more of it just as a good experience in writing and directing and producing our own work. Uh, and that's the magnet video lab. So it's through that theater. Uh, I also was just in something that uh, it's playing in. Uh, I think it's the uh, Portland uh, movie festival. I think that's where it is. Uh, it's called uh, just like love. Yeah. Cool. And, and that's something I haven't seen, but I've had at least three people tell me, Oh, I saw that movie you were in. <laughs> Did a really good job. And I'm like, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> where can people find, find you Dan and get more information about this stuff? Like online? Uh, online, the best way to find me, uh, there's just uh, ddobransky.com. That's just my actor site. So that's a D with my last name. Uh, <laughs> just, just like perfect. you say it. Yeah, pretty, pretty simple. And um, yeah, uh, Facebook is always an easy way to find out uh, all the events that I'm involved with. And you can just find me on there. Just uh, again, Dan Dobransky on Facebook. Great. Thanks. So I have been doing a lot of work with my identical twin sister, Michelle, who is also an actor. And we have a stage show that we do called A Very Drexler Cabaret, uh, which is kind of a mix between sketch comedy and musical theater. And uh, we've done it in San Francisco and New York. And so that's one project. And we're also, uh, you know, producing silly YouTube videos of our alter egos, Florinda and Lucinda, who are uh, Cinderella's Kardashian-esque stepsisters. And uh, we did a whole series where we took over Manhattan. So those will be up on YouTube shortly. And... Uh, we have some other things in the works, but not really ready to talk about it yet. But you can find more information at DrexlerTwins.com. Uh, so currently, I, uh, I'm actually shooting, a, I guess, a, a news series or like a news blog where I, uh, I basically go around. And I have conversations with different people and I intercut that with, with basically graphics and uh, and info, like background info. So say, for instance, um, it can be anything where we're having a conversation about, uh, you know, Sandra Bland um, on a couch. This is actually the, the episode that I'm actually, the first episode is being released uh, next week. Um, it's called The Notice Blog. And um, it's mm. literally like I'll have conversations with people on the couch or like randomly in the store. And this one happened to go to Sandra Bland. So right now I'm just researching all the things that happen for people who've died in custody, what the numbers are and having like, so it's interlaced with that. So we'll cut to like looking at the background of this then cut back into the conversation. 
Um, so yeah, the first episode knows blog is coming up uh, next Friday. And uh, then I, um, I'm also releasing uh, this short film that I had uh, based off of Trayvon Martin's death uh, called You Can't Die Here. It was released initially as a webisode or web series because I just wanted to get it out there because the, the message kind of like meant a lot to me. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm just going back and re-editing it and actually doing a lot of color correction so that, you know, there's actual, it'll be, a, it's mostly like completely black and white. And then there's different color accents to kind of like pull the story forward. Um, mm-hmm. and you can just like, honestly, you can find all of that, um, at my website, at my, at my production company's website. Uh, it's the millennial group, LLC.com. So you're yeah. all keeping, uh, you're all keeping really busy. Uh, fair play yeah. to you for oh, yeah. making the time. Uh, Christian and Zach, how's the wedding preparations going? That that makes it sound like you're marrying each other. Which, 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 <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to out yeah. there in the states, so we yeah. could. Feel uh, free. I mean, we've basically we've, we've been a, married in a sense for the last two <laughs> years with this thing. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's wedding planning is uh, is a lot of fun, except for all the times that it isn't. You know. Um, but uh, it's going. Um, we're really excited. So, and I've also been trying to trying to write in in what little spare time I have. Um, but uh, things have been going going well. Um, and you can, I guess, people can um, if they care about the goings on of my uh, personal life, they can follow me um, on Twitter at ct madeira. And will we be getting the audio of your uh, best man speech, Zach? <laughs> um. <laughs> Hopefully not, because I'm real bad at speeches. But if someone <laughs> records it and posts it, I guess there's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> yeah. What we should do, actually, I'm in the middle of planning Christian's bachelor party, and someone should get some recording from that and post it. I think that'll be a good idea. <laughs> if you're uh, if you're looking for a stripper, I'm available. Uh, fly me over. Uh, I've got I've got nice thin legs. Um, <laughs> probably look, probably look good in stockings, uh, allegedly. Oh, I'll, I'll keep it in mind. Yeah, um, the, the plane ticket might be a bit over our budget, but otherwise, <laughs> oh, that sounds like a me. great plan. Um, I guess, um, Matthew, now is now is we're gonna we're gonna give you you a freebie. You can ask us um, anything you're you're dying to know about the show, and we reserve the right to be as as elusive in the answer as we want. But we will we will answer your your burning question. Well, I don't really want to give myself any spoilers because I, I I I'm a traditionalist <laughs> and I do just like to listen to the show. Um, so I, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't really want any spoilers. I guess. Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, you can, if you have a non-spoiler question or, or anything like that, or anything you were curious about in the past, or we can just edit this section out. Um, where, uh, if, if Brennan was from Scotland, where in Scotland would he be from? I, I, want, him, I want him to be my dad. <laughs> <laughs> then I, I guess he can be from Edinburgh. There you go. I'm satisfied with that. <laughs> not that i we uh i i am shamefully uh uneducated in the variations in regional dialects in scotland uh so am i i don't think his accent is a is an edinburgh one yeah i would say it's a bit more north northern um but uh, it works well I, I like him as well i really like him 
uh, like I say, I would, I would take him being my fiction dad if I had a fiction dad. <laughs> don't even know if that's a thing. But, uh... <laughs> exactly. Thanks so much, guys. I've really, really enjoyed it. And uh, seriously, keep up, keep up all the great work. I appreciate all the efforts that go into putting the show out. I know how difficult it is to do something like this. And uh, I hope you you keep bashing on with it and having the the same success and good luck in all these awards that you're nominated in as well. Um, I hope you're drinking champagne out <laughs> at many times. Uh, I mean, every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank life. you so much for your for your time, Matthew. You. Um, so it was great talking to you, and uh, you your show is just doing um fantastic things for this tiny little niche of a niche of a niche community that that we've got so keep up the good work on on your end as well thank you very much well suppose uh, i suppose that's it do we play uh, the vitamin c song as we go on we <laughs> i think that's appropriate we can play it's just going to be you singing <laughs> it, Paul, but we hey, that's, that's what i was asking for yeah that's us perfect thank you so much matthew okay. uh, thank you very very much matthew All right, so that's it for our conversation. Thanks very much to Matthew of the Audio Drama Production Podcast. Uh, Check out the plays that Anya and Ian are in through the end of August at the Fringe Festival in New York City, and check out all of the other awesome stuff that our amazingly talented cast and crew are involved in year-round. All the links and everything for all the stuff that was mentioned is going to be in the show notes. Um, We've got some pretty cool announcements coming up uh, along with our next episode uh, this coming Sunday. And just a quick reminder that we're up for a Geeky Award. You can help us win it and also support a really cool program by voting at vote2015.thegeekyawards.com and if you've uh, voted already thanks so much for your support Uh, do keep in mind that you are allowed to vote once per day per category also want to give some uh, quick shout outs to some folks who were awesome enough to leave us uh, iTunes reviews Uh, the first one I want to read comes from uh, Feferi156 I'm sorry if I'm uh, mangling uh, your iTunes handle but they gave a five star review and wrote fantastic this podcast features a wonderful story and hilarious characters this has quickly jumped up to one of my top favorites if you love RPGs or even if you don't then this is the podcast for you uh, thank you so much we love getting reviews um, if you leave us a review on iTunes we will uh, be eternally grateful I also want to give a shout out uh, to Kessie, uh, one of our fans in Germany who wrote uh, just a glowing and lengthy iTunes review that I'm, I can't read the whole thing, sorry uh, Kessie, but she entitled it the nerdy version of uh, Game of Thrones, which is really funny because I thought uh, Game of Thrones was the nerdy version of uh, Game of Thrones, but it's uh, it was a really uh, wonderful, uh, flattering uh, review. So so thank you so much to to Feferi and to to Kessie and to everyone who's taken the time uh, to give us iTunes reviews. That that really helps us out, helps us move up the rankings, and helps more people discover the show and also just makes us feel good so thanks guys and uh thank you as always for listening and we'll see you in a couple days for our next episode bye-bye